Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Alright, well, before we begin, let me just say this. If you have not considered becoming a Fight, Laugh, Feast Network club member, please consider doing so using the show code ROBLES. That is R-O-B-L-E-S. Use the show code ROBLES. That is R-O-B-L-E-S. Support the content that you enjoy. I have a great time making this. I'd like to stay on the network, continuing to make this content, and uh, we can only consider do- can continue doing so, I should say. Uh, with your support. So use the show code ROBLES. Become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Network club member. That is R-O-B-L-E-S. Now, I haven't done a video in a week. It has been a week. This is the first time that I've done no video in a week while I've been home in a long time. And I have to say, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss doing the content. But I've been kind of considering what to do going forward because I, I cannot continue to do this via big tech. I just I'm not willing to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, so I'm not going to do it. And so um, this week, um, I, I decided to deactivate my Twitter account. I did it without warning. Uh, well, maybe there was a little bit of warning. I kept posting my P.O. box and my, my email address. So maybe some people took the hint. But I did not, I did not you know, celebrate my departure or anything like that. I just deleted the account, and that's all there is to it. I'm still on Facebook for the time being, but I will be leaving Facebook as well, and it will likely be an unceremonious departure as well. That's just how I roll. Um, but I am on Gab. I'm going all in on Gab. And so this will actually hopefully be the first video that I upload to Gab. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to stay on YouTube for a bit, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, and I'm hoping to migrate off of YouTube completely at some point. Uh, but for now, I'm going to stay there and uh, continue to get some of that ad revenue and all that kind of stuff. And listen, I understand a lot of people don't necessarily agree with abandoning traditional social media, and I don't think that everyone needs to do that. I'm not like boycotting. I don't think you need to boycott as well. I just don't I just don't like the idea of being bought and sold like a commodity by people who hate my guts. I just don't like it. I don't want to contribute it to it anymore. So uh, um, I still think social media is effective. I still think it's good, but all of that uh, is uh, is is in is behind me at this point. I'm 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 gonna still use social media, but it's gonna be alternative social media from here on out. That's just all there is to it. Now, the other thing that I wanted to to talk about is a little bit of a change in focus for me because I, I I'm thinking about the content that I do, and I I'm not gonna abandon the stuff, the kind of stuff that I do completely. Um, but I'm writing this book on social justice and. You know, the, the arguments in the book are, are arguments that I've made many, many times, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, obviously, there's always going to be new people that hear your content, and so you have to rehash things that you've talked about before. Um, but I've come to the realization that, you know, I, even though I did a video where I, I say, hey, I don't, I'm not going to assume a social justice warrior is a Christian anymore, I still, for the most part last year, was tr- treating these woke church cultists as if they were Christians. I was laboring under the delusion that that logical arguments, reasoned arguments, biblical arguments matter to the social justice advocates, and the reality is that they simply do not. Uh, social justice advocates are not interested in what the Bible says. They're not interested in the truth. They are only interested in one thing, and that is putting forward whatever the approved propaganda is of the day. And so I have to stop beating my head against the ground as if something I do is going to have an impact on them. 
Um, it just isn't. And so my focus of my content is I'm going to 100% of the time preach to the choir. Um, I think that there's a time to, 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 to tear down and there's a time to build up. That's a biblical concept, by the way. And uh, I've spent the last three years tearing down Big Eva um, to a point where there's no... There's nothing left for, from a big Eva, you know, argument perspective that's standing. I mean, they've 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 been completely demolished in any reasonable and logical way. They have nothing. They're, none of their arguments are good. They're wrong about almost everything. And so there's really nothing left to tear down. These people have started to reveal themselves. Any pastor, any leader who's using the uh, the anti-Christian propaganda term of Christian nationalism is an enemy. They've revealed themselves to be an enemy of the cross. They want Christians to be hunted down. They want them to be re-educated. They want them to be arrested, and they are joining the state against the church. I mean, this 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 whole boogeyman of Christian nationalism, even when it's so obvious that there is no Christian nationalist threat, um, it's 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 unreal how quickly they've adopted these propaganda terms. It's it, you know Russell Moore, all these guys that are doing this, they've revealed themselves to be enemies. And so if you can't see that Russell Moore is an enemy of the church at this point, the, nothing that I can say will ever convince you of it. He could literally do anything. He could literally be like Paul the Apostle, standing over the coats of those who stone Christians, and you would still defend him. There's nothing I can say to you that would ever convince you that Russell Moore is an enemy if you're not already convinced. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's not worth it to me to try. I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to convince people that you know that are still in the web of, of, of Big Eva, but I'm not going to try anymore. If, uh, if that's the life that, that Russell Moore and uh, the ERLC wants, if they want to be slaves and servants in the New World Order, if they want to be the approved, authorized version of Christianity in service of the state, if that's the life they want, they want to throw themselves off the cliff, I'm going to let them throw themselves off the cliff. I've, I've, I've dusted the, the dust, uh, I've wiped the dust off my feet, I've wiped my hands clean of this. That, if they want to do that, go headlong into idolatry, they can do it. That's all there is to it. Now, if you know people that are wrapped up in this web of Big Eva that you still think are good people, I'll be glad to have private phone calls with people about the lies of Russell Moore, the lies of the ERLC, the, the propaganda that is put forward by all these guys. But I'm just not interested in it anymore from a public perspective. I'm not going to do too much content on it. I will dunk on things every now and then. But it's going to be a lot less than I normally do. I'm not going to do 100 videos on Russell Moore. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just over. Uh, I'll, if I find something especially hilarious, we'll all have a good chuckle about it. But my content's going to be focused on hopefully building up those who are the remnant, those who are, who are true believers that are you know unsure of what to do or have anxiety about um, the Biden administration and the kinds of things that they're going to have to uh, do to protect themselves. I am going to do content about that because I think uh, that will be more valuable to the church. I do not consider uh, the ERLC a Christian organization. I do not consider the Gospel Coalition a Christian organization anymore. These are propaganda arms completely, so I'm just not going to take their articles seriously. Like, why, why would I do that? Why would I take someone who's using propaganda terms against the church why would I take them seriously as if they're really Christians? I'm just not going to do it. I got no patience for it. I'm not interested in it. 
Um, and, but I will have private conversations with people because I believe that the gospel actually can change minds, and I believe in that kind of thing. I believe in in meeting people um, who are on their way out of Big Eva and helping them along in that path. And so I'm going to preach to the choir. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to help you to unplug from a lot of these official things. You're going to need to do that in order to survive <clears throat> in the future. And so um, I wanted to, to give you an example of the kind of thing that I'm going to focus on, but I'm going to do it from a distinctly Christian, biblically found, uh, foundational perspective, because I think that um, the Bible does have a lot to say about Christian economics and Christian shrewdness and the kinds of things that Christians need to get used to doing uh, in order to survive as a remnant. I'm still post-millennial. I still think the gospel is going to conquer the entire world. The kingdom of God will be, uh, will be the primary force in the, uh, in the world. But that does not mean that um, specific countries or specific localities are not going to be—we're not going to be in a remnant situation. I think that we're going to be—if not, if we're not already in a remnant situation, we're going to be in a remnant situation. So we're going to have to get shrewd. You know what I mean? We're going to have to get street smart. Um, we're going to have to get—we're uh, going to have to plan ahead for the kinds of things that are coming our way. Um, it's not going to be the same as it was. It's not going to be the same as it was. We're going to have to learn how to encrypt our messages. We're going to have to learn how to, you know, operate in the black market. We're going to have to learn a lot of these skills that we never thought we would have to learn because things were just going so great. Um, so my intention is to uh, prepare people for that kind of thing. Here's an example of the kind of thing that I'm going to talk about. Now, this is, I don't know if this is a Christian. Uh, this is something I found on Gab. It might be. I like his handle, Nullify Federal Laws. I'm, I'm all about that kind of thing. Nullification for uh, unjust laws is absolutely something that a Christian can and I would argue must do for unjust laws. Nullification is fantastic. Um, so I don't know anything about this man. I'm just saying I liked this post. I think it's a really valuable post, and it's the kind of thing that I want to focus more on. Let me just read it, and we'll kind of take it from there, and then we'll have a nice laugh. So if you're looking for a laugh today, you're going to get one. <laughs> uh, we're going to laugh at something today. But but here's the kind of thing I want to start focusing a little bit more on, and I'd love to hear your feedback about this, guys. Robert Hall says this. He says, If we are to survive the Democrat cultural, cultural terror campaign they are about to embark on, the following steps must be taken. Step one, self-employment. Working for yourself means you can't be fired. Yeah, I completely agree with this. I had somebody, one of my one of my uh, friends online, say that he didn't agree with this one. I actually do agree with this one, um, but with a caveat. I think his caveat was right. Hold on one second. I gotta mute that. I will call you back. Um, this is not a silver bullet. So self employment is not perfect. I could be canceled. I, I have two businesses. I could definitely be canceled in both of my businesses. But one thing self employment does do is it makes it harder to cancel you. It's harder to cancel you if you're self-employed than if you work for, you know, Visa or something like that. It's much easier to do it when you work for somebody else than it is when you work for yourself. It doesn't mean it's impossible because someone could cancel me. It just would be a little bit more difficult to do. And so um, my thing is you want to make it as hard as possible to cancel you. It's like it's like when you buy a uh, when you buy like a, a a handgun or something like that or if you buy um, a a a, a uh, 
a home protection uh, system, you know, like a, a home security system. Does it make it impossible that a robber could come? No, it just makes it more difficult. And that's the point. You want to make it as difficult as possible. The person who was criticizing me said what's better is to have multiple sources of income. So you can be employed and also have a side hustle and also be an independent contractor and also have passive income. I completely agree with that. That's I, I don't have any problem with working for somebody else, but if you're going to do that, you got to have start establishing other means of income as well. The more streams of income you have, the harder it is to cancel you. Of course, they can eventually cancel you, but you want to make it as difficult as possible. So every Christian should be looking at how do I get more streams of income than I currently have? That is great advice. Passive income streams, he, he, he talked about that, I think, Absolutely. Uh, you should try to monetize any skill or any any uh, hobby that you have. You should try to monetize it. Here's another one. Get out of freaking debt. I completely agree. Because when you don't have debt, you're not as beholden to having a stable income. Because really, a lot of people that are in a lot of debt, they need their income. Because if they don't have their income, they can't pay their debts. And before you know it, their whole financial situation is ruined. But if you have minimal debt, then if you lose a job or something like that, well, you only have really one concern. How do I eat? <laughs> you know what I mean? How do I eat? Where do I shelter? Stuff like that. You don't, you don't have to worry about all these other debtors um, or people that you're indebted to and, all, and the claim that they have on your income. Yeah, getting out of debt is tremendously important with one exception. If you're in student loan debt, I might consider waiting on that one. Because I believe that probably Joe Biden's going to set, set up some kind of uh, debt repayment thing for people that are in uh, a lot of student loan debt. Um, and I would wait and see what he comes up with, because if I were in student debt, I would take advantage of that, definitely. Some people are going to be like, well, you're a hypocrite. You're not a socialist. Yeah, I'm going to take every bit of dollars that the government is willing to give me, and I'm going to use it to my advantage. And I'm going I'm 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 to preach this, so to speak. Um, on my channel going forward. Take advantage of every government program. The ship is going down, and so you need to use whatever funds or income that they'll give you. Just take it, and you need to set yourself up so that when the ship goes down, you're, you've used that money already to, for things that'll set you up. You know what I mean? That'll set you up for the future. And so if, if, the, if, if the Biden bucks are coming, you know, we got our Trump bucks this past year because Trump was kind of half socialist as well. Um, but if the Biden bucks come and you get $7,000 checks from Biden, um, I would use that money. I would take it gladly and use it to advantage yourself and your family for the coming collapse that's coming. So I would not um, just frivolously spend it. I would try to be strategic about that. So, yes, get out of debt with the one exception, maybe student loan debt, which could be forgiven. I completely agree about this. Okay, this one, it says, buy from like-minded patriots. So the idea is, you know, stop buying from people who hate you. I think this is good advice. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be uh, always easy to figure this out, and I don't think you need to do, like, boycotting campaigns or anything like that. But I think that if, you're, if you have options of someone who hates your guts and someone who's, you know, neutral or likes you, I would buy from the person who's neutral or likes you, you know what I mean, assuming they have similar products. I found a pizza joint in town that uh, is uh, pretty libertarian. So um, they don't, they are against masks. In fact, they don't wear them, even though it's a, it's a law in our, uh, not a law, it's a, it's a mandate in our, in our town. And they take Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like these people are, are, they love freedom. And I don't know if they're Christian or not, but I'll, if I have to go with a socialist pizza place or a freedom loving pizza place, I'm going to go to the pizza loving pizza. Uh, the, yeah, the pizza loving pizza place. I'm going to go there. 
Anyway, so yeah, it's a great idea as well. Uh, organize and start local. If you want to remove the deep-seated corruption in our country, we have to start at the root and work our way up. Yes, definitely. I, I'm not going to be involved in politics too much. Uh, I'm going to still talk about it because obviously some of it will affect my life. My life. Um, but I'm not going to get involved too much in politics. But, but I think that the idea to start local, if you were, or just to network locally, definitely makes a lot of sense because the people that are going to get your back are much more likely found in your neighborhood than they are found in Washington, D.C., much more likely to be found there. Not, not to say that people can't turn on you locally. Of course they can. But if you have friends that you're, you're, you, you had at your dinner table, you go to their house for their picnics and stuff like that, they're much more likely to get your back than someone in D.C. So I completely agree with that as well. Um, so all that to say is this is the kind of thing that I want to focus on. And I'm not saying I'm not gonna, uh, it's just going to be these topics, but, but stuff like this. We need to start focusing on the things that we have more control over and the things that are closest to us, our families, our own financial situation, our neighborhood, our town. You have much more relative control over those things than you do um, in D.C. Now, again, this does not mean D.C. doesn't impact you. Like I saw an article. This this blew my mind, this article. Uh, Biden's proposal for a, another uh, first-time homebuyer uh, credit, tax credit. This is, have you read this? This is insane. His proposal is this. He wants to give a $15,000 first-time homebuyer tax credit to anyone who buys a home for the first time or, or hasn't owned a home in the last three years. Okay, that's normal stuff, right? Like, that's not anything new. Obama did that. You know, it's not, that's not groundbreaking. But here's what blew my mind about this proposal. He wants to make it a tax credit, not something that you get at tax time, but actually you get the money for your down payment. So at the point of sale, he's giving you $15,000 for your down payment. So you don't even have to have a down payment anymore. You, you don't have to have any skin in the game whatsoever. He's going to give you $15,000 to buy a home. Do you understand how insane that is? <laughs> that's, that's absolutely insane. You might be saying, well, AD, why is that insane? Because all of a sudden, you're going to have people who have no business buying a house, who have no financial responsibility whatsoever, who have no skin in the game, at the very least. Even if you're saying, yeah, maybe they're in a bad situation. Okay, maybe they're in a bad situation. But they have no skin in the game. And so you're going to flood the market with, new, with, with more demand for homes. Do you, what is that going to do to home prices? It's going to, they're going to go through the roof. So if you own a home right now, you're going to make out like a bandit because your your value is going to go through the roof. Your the, the price of your home, you could probably sell it or you just hold on to it, whatever. Your values are going to go through the roof because nobody needs to have any skin in the game in order to buy a house. In fact, it's going to cost you more to rent a place than it would to buy buy a home because of a $15,000 credit that you can use at the point of sale. That's crazy. That's crazy. What do you think is going to happen? So a lot of people who couldn't get a loan before because they're not qualified for a loan are going to get a loan, and then what's going to happen? These, uh, there's going to be economic problems because of, there's always eventually economic problems, and they're going to be in a situation where they can't make their payment anymore because they were never, they had no business getting the loan. And all of a sudden, the market's going to be flooded with foreclosures and another mortgage crisis and more bank bailouts and all this kind of stuff. And so there's going to be a lot of pain in the future as well. So there'll be the housing values will go through the roof, just like they did in the first mortgage crisis. And then there's going to be a, a lot of pain all of a sudden, just like in the, uh, in the mortgage crisis. And so there's going to be another round of insanity, uh, followed by another round of pain. 
and uh, rich people are going to make out like bandits, of course, because they're in a situation where they don't—they're—they're not—they're not living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have to worry about that, so they, they just reap the benefits of the high values, and then they'll make out like bandits, and that's going to be really interesting to watch. If you are in a position to buy a home, uh, I would probably buy it soon before the values go through the roof. Because once demand goes up, if this thing gets through, if this is a real thing where he's going to give you 15k for a down payment, your values are going to go through the roof. But anyway, what do I know? I'm just a idiot on YouTube. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about because that that happens in D.C. But it'll impact what I do in my personal finances for my own home, if I consider investing in a property or something like that. By the way, rents will go up as well. So if you own investment rental properties, you'll probably make out like a bandit as well if he does this. Um, but but just because you could you could benefit from a blunder in D.C. doesn't make it a good, bl- a good blunder. Like, I don't want people to suffer. But knowing that he's going to do something that will likely cause people to suffer because of this $15,000 uh, home buyer credit... Um, knowing that that's going to happen, you can you can be against it, whatever. You can vote against it if you want. I'm not going to vote anymore. There's no point. Um, you can take advantage of those situations. You can set yourself up to benefit from a blunder. You see what I'm saying? Like, we need to be shrewd like that. Like, I don't want people to suffer, but if they're going to suffer, if they're going to continue to vote for suffering, um, I'm going to set myself up as best as I possibly can to take advantage of these mistakes. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the Bible talks about the righteous, um, the, the, the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the righteous. And so these are the kinds of things I want to talk about uh, going forward. Anyway, um, here's the thing. Let, let's, let's get into some funny. Let's get into some funny stuff here because I did promise you that we would talk about something funny. I saw, I saw some some posts about the inauguration yesterday that I just don't I don't understand them, <laughs> and I laughed this morning for about a half an hour straight with my brother about these posts. Maybe you guys can help me out here because I, I don't get it. I have to admit, I don't get it. The first one I saw was from Dr. Eric Mason. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're going to get an, a window into my insanity here because I, I don't get this. I, I just don't get this. So this is a, uh, a pretty pretty young woman here. And Dr. Eric Mason saw her, I don't know what she's doing, giving a speech or something. I don't even know who this is. So I have no context for who this is, none at all. Dr. Eric Mason posts on his Facebook, Chocolate shining bright. (laughs) This is a picture of this young woman. (laughs) I just don't get this. I just don't get this. But I didn't think anything of it because I was like, okay, you know, whatever. He's... You see someone black, it's automatically good to him because he's very, very idolatrous. I get it. Okay. Then I saw Lecrae did the same thing. The same woman posted on his Facebook. He sees this 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 this, this woman. He thinks she's beautiful. And he says, it glow, sis. Glow. I don't get this. I'm sorry. I don't get this. What is this need to post about this? Like, can you imagine... Like, I, here's here's what I mean. Maybe maybe you just think I'm crazy. Maybe you just think I'm being mean. But but imagine if I posted on Facebook a picture of AOC and I was just like, Carmel, 
caramel beauty is shining bright. You know what I mean? Like, what would you think of me? Is that not creepy? Is this not creepy? Look at AOC here. Imagine if I posted about that. This is car caramel beauty. Imagine if somebody posted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Imagine if, imagine if somebody posted a picture of this lady. This is a this is a senator I think from Arizona. Imagine if somebody posted this was like white radiance shining in the sun. Like you would be like, what is what is wrong with you? That is so creepy, man. Why would you do this? But the thing is, like, if I were to do this, you'd be like, well, that's creepy, right? Like, why uh, vanilla vanilla whiteness is shining bright? Like you would you would know it's creepy. If I did it with AOC, you'd be like. Caramel beauty, like what are you talking about, you weirdo? But for some reason, like, like, why? Why would they do this? I don't get it. I don't get it. Imagine, imagine, like, talk to your wife right now. A ask your wife right now. If you were to post a picture of AOC, <laughs> she looks like a llama here. Let's just face it, she looks like a llama in this picture. But let's just like let's try a better picture. Let's see a better one. Let's see. Let's find a let's find a good picture. So this is it's more it's more fair. <laughs> I can't I can't even do this. I can't do this. But but think about it. Like like if you're married, like would your wife be okay with you just posting a picture of like a a twenty year old girl like glowing? She chocolate beauty, chocolate goddess in the sun. Like what wh why would you do this? This is creepy. These are, these are, this is a pastor. This is like the creepiest post I've ever seen. Well, maybe that's an exaggeration. I'm exaggerating. I don't feel the need to do, I don't, I don't feel the need to ever, I've never seen a picture of a, of a woman or a politician or a celebrity and been like, oh, I'm going to post this on my Facebook and talk about how beautiful she is. By the way, this has nothing to do with race because I, I, I feel the same way about guys. I'm sorry, guys, if you've done this, listen, no judgment. But I've seen the same thing with, with that lady from South Dakota, that uh, that governor, where they're like, she's beautiful. They don't they don't ever mention her her vanilla skin, but which is extra creepy, like the cho the chocolate shining bright. But uh, but talk about that lady. What's her name? I don't even know her name. But like, the, the beauty, beauty and brains. It's just beautiful. Like why? What is it, like, what, how do you feel like your wife feels? About, how do you think your wife feels about that? Where you're posting about how beautiful uh, some other lady is. I, I just don't. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But anyway, so uh, I guess that's it for me. <laughs> if you think I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I don't do not. I do not deny being somewhat crazy. But I find that to be very weird. Very weird and creepy. It's the same energy as like. You ever get like a white pastor who is uh, talking about a black person? Like they'll, they'll talk about maybe they were on a mission trip or something. They're like, yeah, you know, it was great. I was in Uganda and uh, there's this, be this beautiful black pastor. And it's like, dude, why are you so creepy? Would you ever describe a white person in that way? It's a beautiful white guy. Just a beautiful white evangelist. Just beautiful. You never would. It's just, it's why. It's just so, you know what it sounds like, guys? You know what, it, here's what it sounds like. Here's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're trying to convince yourself that they're beautiful. I, I don't get it. I, we, we all agree that black people can be beautiful. We get it. We get it. 
but like when you try to like overemphasize it in a situation where you would never do it with a white lady or um, <laughs> this one, <laughs> it just makes it seem weird and it makes it seem like you're trying to convince yourself of something that you don't believe. Um, I find it so condescending. This kind of thing, it's like, it's condescending. I don't know. Maybe I'm just psycho. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you found this podcast helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on Fight, Laugh, Feet.